It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Well, I hope the breakfast is tasting a little better today regarding mortgage rate rises. It is Wednesday, April the 5th and Anthony, what about that? Uh, that pause, it's uh, finally here. Yeah, it's finally here. I think it'll make everyone's uh, breakfast a bit more digestible this morning. It's It's been a, a hard haul over the last, uh, since May of 2022, with 10 consecutive rises. Well, the cash rate sits at 3.6%. It's still lower than a lot of other international cash rates, but it does indicate that maybe some of those cost of living pressures are flattening. But I do think it's just a pause. I think there are more rises to come, but it is some reprise in the meantime. Yes, well, the the price index, of course, that is coming out a little bit later on this month, and that will, I guess, sort of be the domino effect, whether we are going to get that rise for May or not. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're still well above the inflationary target. The um, the data that's to come out will be interesting. We saw the CPI numbers drop from January through February, but there's more work to do on inflation to get it to their target between 2 and 3%. We're still sitting up in the high sixes at the moment. All right. Good on you, Anthony. We'll catch you back on Saturday morning for Mortgage Talk. Sounds good. Look forward to it. And joining us again this morning because we didn't really cover off everything that was in a recent report from Asti Mariasmo, and we were looking at housing demand. And a very good morning to you, Asti. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. Good morning. How are we today? Not too bad. Of course, this report that you did, uh, we talked about it over a month ago now, and I thought it was probably worthwhile just uh, going back over some of the the key points because no doubt a lot of people by now have downloaded it and digested it. It is a very, very timely report, and it is definitely now more than ever something that we need to talk about because, you know, We're well into 2023. We identified that there needs to be more housing way back in October 2022. So we're about six months on now and um, it's time for us to really put forward some strategic options. Okay, so we'll come back to you in just a moment and we will have a look more in detail about the report. Every morning from 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. So, no change with the cash rate yesterday. And it was just over a week ago that I was talking with Warren Hogan, who was saying then that it was all about the RBA walking this very fine line. So, I think what they're trying to do more than other central banks is walk that fine line between getting inflation down and not crushing the economy. We can see some central banks like in New Zealand or in the UK are quite explicitly forecasting recessions and raising rates aggressively. The RBA has chosen not to do that. They believe they can, you know, weave this narrow and uncertain path, as they say. And so far, so good. But the real test will be over the over the next six months, in the back half of 2023 in particular. So it's, it is a very 
tricky set of a balancing act, you might say, that they're trying to do. And and I think we're, we all, we're all hoping they get it right. They're being a lot more dovish than other central banks. And the risk they're taking is that inflation does get away from us here. At the moment, there's no signs of it, but we're going to have to wait and see. Yes, without crashing the economy. That is so true. All right, let's have a look at the birthday calls for today, the 5th of April, if you are celebrating. Happy birthday to you. You are celebrating with Charlie Oldman, the British actor who is the son of Gary Oldman. He's turning 25. Lily James, the British actor, she's turning 34. And Shane Watson, the ex-Australian cricketer, he is turning 42 today. It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, let's check on your weather on this Wednesday morning. First we go to Sydney and good morning to you, expecting the showers to ease and a high of 25 degrees. Melbourne cloudy and more cloud, a very cloudy sort of a Wednesday. 21 is your forecast high. Brisbane expect the sunshine with 32 and in Perth today, it's going to be mainly fine, little bit of cloud cover and 24 degrees. We're a lot more than just real estate. Available for breakfast from 6am, then on the drive to work or in your ear at the gym. In fact, wherever you go, we're available seven days a week. And we are back with Asti Mariasmo from PRD. As mentioned, the housing supply, it's a big concern around the country. And we looked at this housing report with Asti. And Asti, how can asset repurposing be used to increase housing supply across Australia? And what are some potential challenges associated with this approach? Look, asset repurposing is not a a new thing when it comes to management of different buildings, but a lot of the times it hasn't been turned into affordable housing. So there's a lot of examples where asset repurposing has been used in Canada, in Brussels, in Chile, in the UK, where you have an old soap factory or an old primary school site or a block of unused land or a government building that has been turned into some affordable housing. And that means that you don't have to rebuild, you don't have to find the land. What all you have to do is repurpose the building that you already have. The challenge, of course, is finding a building that is suitable and also a building that will not need too much work and also a building that is central in location to be able to host as many people people as possible. Yeah, okay. So that's the repurposing. What about community-based land initiatives? Because your report delved into this. Can that be used to increase the housing supply in Australia? And what are some examples? Now, you mentioned some of these other countries with regard to repurposing. I guess other countries are well into this, aren't they? Yes, they are. So countries, um, places such as Hamburg, Germany, Copenhagen in Denmark, Singapore, Canada, Vancouver, USA, UK, all of these different places and different countries have used community-based land initiatives where basically the government um, provides more incentives and kind of like a bond agreement to developers to be able to deliver affordable housing. 
So it is something that our government is looking into right now in terms of land audit. However, there are quite a lot of challenges for Australia because some of our land might be crown land or it might be managed by different councils or multiple councils at the same time. And we should really have a look at some of the key challenges that need to be addressed in order to effectively increase housing supply across Australia. So how can these challenges be overcome? I know that you really delved quite deeply into this. And what are some of those key challenges that we need to tackle? So one of the main challenges is the fact that Australia is such a decentralised government system. And what that means is that you might have, you know, different parties that are in your local government, that in your state government and in your federal. And also that there are multiple councils next to each other, whether they own land or manage the land or the buildings. And each of these councils have a different policy when it comes to development. So, you know, because that is one of the main challenges, then one of the main solutions also is making it uniform when it comes to how to handle or how to manage land and buildings. That's the biggest red tape or the biggest challenge that we have for housing supply right now. Yeah, that's a problem. Red tape is a a legitimate problem for delays. It really is. Um, We even in academia, we call it a wicked problem because there has been cases where, you know, a developer might want to repurpose a particular asset. So, for example, an old soap factory and the land that it stands on is crown land. So it's handled by the federal government. It was built by the state government and then it's locally managed by the council. So you're dealing with three different governments to be able to try and repurpose that factory into some sort of housing. Another area that you looked at, how do public-private partnerships work and what are some successful examples of this approach being used to increase housing supply? So public-private partnerships, um, it's an agreement, normally it's long-term, between between a government body and a private partner. It can be a developer or a private company. It can also be um, a non-profit entity like a community organisation. A really good example that we found was in Ireland, which is the Ireland Social Housing Bundles Project. And it's part of the federal government initiation with different financiers, a developer and a facilities management housing and also a community tenancy management housing. And there was about 300 million euros put into this project to build 1,500 housing units. So that is a big public partnership when it comes to trying to create more social housing in the market. And just finally, Asti, can you discuss the reasons behind the decline in dwelling approvals and how that has impacted on the supply pipeline for new homes? So the decline in dwelling approvals was actually because it was the end of home builder. So when the federal government had the home builder grant and scheme, our dwelling approval and construction supply literally spiked up by double. And because that ended, that's also kind of like the end period boom for dwelling approvals. On a long sort of like trajectory scale, um, we're somewhat similar to pre-COVID, but not yet. 
And so right now, the issue is trying to find these partnerships and trying to find land for us to be able to develop housing. All right. So we'll leave it there. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and probably worthwhile just before we go, just to reiterate where people can find that report. So everyone can access the report for free. Um, it's on the PID research website, or if you Google PID housing supply, you'll be able to click on the link and find the report. No problems. Excellent. Look forward to talking soon. Thank you so much. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 